Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 75. For our final episode, Andrea and I are talking about what we are up to going forward and what you can do. Don't forget all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Hey! Hey Beth, how are you? I am surviving. Yeah. Yeah, my husband's out of town this week. And we had people staying with us who, a dear friend that that uh, moved away but needed to come back for just a couple of weeks and needed a place to stay with her two kids. So they came for a couple of days. And it was just like, you know, I actually feel like I'm like, you know, getting the dust off my shoulder here because I really racked it this week. We got to school almost on time every day. I was never late to work. Uh, you know, it, it just, it, it's all working out. The baby's napping right now. So I just, like, I got it this week. Although I am, I'm, I miss my husband and I, I, I'm ready for him to be home. I'm sure. Yeah. How are oh, you doing? Hey, awesome. Uh, pretty good. We went to San Diego this past weekend. Um, it was a really good trip. We had our usual, I mean, you won't nap when we're somewhere else or sleep when we're somewhere else unless someone else puts him down. So I kind of got my mom to be in charge of that. And then he's totally fine. Literally will cry like bloody murder, like purple cry, which he never really does. He didn't even do much as like a baby. Um, you know, like if I'm trying to put him down, like it's like the second he thinks I'm putting him to bed, he goes crazy, which is just so unlike him because he doesn't ever do that. And then it's like my mom walks in, he stops crying, he goes to sleep. I'm like, what the hell? It's the weirdest thing. But anyways, we figured it out and it's great. So again, we continues to be in the uh, case where we just cannot vacation unless we have backup. That's all, unless we have someone to put him down. <laughs> I love that he's okay for other people to put him down, and but yeah, the whole vacation like <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, my kids definitely cry more when I put them down though too. Like I feel like they're really great for the nannies, or at least my the baby is, and but she's in such a like I just want to be with mommy all the time kind of mode. So anytime I try to put her down, uh, also tip. Most of my tips for parents that are having trouble getting their kids to go to sleep at night, I tell them that dad should do the bedtime routine. It works like a charm for most people. And, like, we find it, too. Like, they sleep longer. (laughs) They sleep better. And, you know, yes, if you're breastfeeding and you're doing that final thing. But if you can, like, have dad be the last one to put baby in the crib, man, I wish I realized that earlier on with my first because it is working. It's great. It's it's so good. I would like to second that. Um, that was just one of those things that we did from very early on that we, I mean, obviously I did it more, but like we tried to make sure that Adam was in, like in charge of bedtime routine multiple times per week. Even if I was the one who was breastfeeding him, it's like Adam would take over because I just kept reading how like, you know, these moms that were like, you know, my kid refuses to let dad put him down. I'm like, well, we're just going to start super early. And it was one of those things that, yeah, at first it really sucked. Like Remy would cry a lot more for him and he would want me. And it's like, I was the one who could soothe him quicker, but I just got to the point where I was like, you know what? Like, 
I need to be able to get out of the house. I trust that what Adam is doing, Adam is doing is great. And I would just go somewhere else, try not to listen to him cry. And like, I knew Adam was in there comforting him and, and whatnot. And he very quickly, like in like a day or two, you know what I mean? It's like, once he was like, Oh, okay. Dad's doing this. Cool. You know, would calm down. And like, he is great for dad. Like we just don't have that issue. I mean, sometimes like if, if it is like a handover, he gets a little fussy for like 30 seconds and he's like, Oh, whatever. And so it's just so nice being able to like, all right, you're in charge dad. And I really think we were very intentional about that being the case from the start. So yes, absolutely. And he does sleep great when dad does it. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, so if you all listened last week, you know that today is our last episode we have loved recording the past 75 episodes with you, and we hope that you have taken some of the things that we've discussed to heart. If this was our kind of self-empowerment and motherhood course, we'd consider this kind of graduation. Yay, you did it. One of the things that I have truly come to realize is that we are all struggling in motherhood, and there is so much information out there on what to do and what not to do. And my current viewpoint is that if you are kind of doing the work and listening to podcasts or reading books or looking at websites or just even asking trusted friends, that you're probably doing an awesome job. That desire for more knowledge, despite what that knowledge is, is making you a good mom. So we wanted to chat a little bit about kind of what we're doing after this and where we're going from here. And then we had two questions we will get to at the end. So Andrea... What are you up to after this, after our, you know, the, with the extra hour or so a week that you're going to get from not podcasting? <laughs> I am actually resuming my workouts that I was doing before with my friend um, that we were doing at 7 a.m. on Mondays and Fridays. So I'm actually going to be doing that uh, with this exact time spot. <laughs> so I'm actually pretty excited about that because... That pretty much gives me like three guaranteed workouts a week barring complications, which is really nice. So I'm excited about that. And those are all with, with other people where I feel obligation to do them, which we've discussed is great. Um, but gosh, other than that, I really think, you know, no huge life changes currently. Adam and I have been talking about move to back to the East Coast closer to family, but that yeah, it might not happen for a couple of years, but anyways, that is something that is now, now we are talking about, which I have mixed feelings about, and then just continuing on supporting my clients, you know, doing my thing, helping women, all that good stuff. How are you? Well, so today is my last, so we record on Fridays. Today is my last Friday that the big kid will be in school, so she will be off for the summer, so this time spot will be taken up by family. You know, this is generally when my younger one naps, so it'll be kind of like me and the big kid bonding time, hopefully getting together with friends. I know I have a couple other friends that are off with their kids on Fridays, so we'll do some of that. Um, with my editing time, I am, and some other things, I am working on writing a book right now. I am, and I have no promises on when this is going to come out. My goal is like within the next five years. My goal, you know, like when the kids are in school, maybe I can get it finalized, but maybe it'll come out sooner. So, um, but I'm writing a book on how to survive motherhood from a self-care perspective and the idea that taking care of yourself is the best thing that you can do to be a mom. So 
it's going to have a lot of stuff in it. And I feel like I'm already seeing multiple volumes. But I am, I'm working on that and I'm excited about it. And it's been, a, life's been very fulfilling lately. I don't like to use the word busy because I think it has a negative connotation. But, um, so I took a break. I, I wrote like the first section and I'm like, I'm going to take a little break and then I'll come back to it. So that's the other thing that I'm doing. So if you're curious about that, you follow me on Instagram or I will probably send stuff to my mailing list, which I don't really use right now. So you're not going to get it really any emails from me except for initial um, free nutrition guide, but that's probably where I will start promoting that book when it's coming about, and I can give more information about that when it's to come. And yeah. That is so exciting. How awesome. Yay. I can't wait to read it. Awesome. Very cool. I'm also, you know, that obliger in me. I'm like, I got to tell people I'm doing this Mm -hmm. so I actually get it done. There you Um, go. So yeah, but it's it's sort of this writing book I've realized you can either do it quickly if you have money to hire help Mm -hmm. or you can take a long time and do it all yourself or if you have like time you can just do it you know you can get it done quicker but two kids no school we'll see how that goes but yeah so that's what I'm up to yeah just use it as a you know excuse to go take a retreat somewhere and be like excuse me I need to go be in a cottage in the woods for three months so I can write my book now thanks I love it <laughs> that's awesome So for our listeners, it's sort of, you know, there's, I know that we've had people kind of come and go and, and, and come in as mothers. I don't really expect anyone to be able to sit down and listen to like, you know, every week we say that, Hey, this is what I'm going to listen to. But if you've been with us from the beginning, you know, we started talking a lot initially about nutrition and stress and we've, we've given you so many different strategies. So the the question that I wanted to sort of answer is, well, what should you do now? And it's like, go forth and prosper. Like, just be confident in yourself as a person, as a human being. And also, if you happen to be a mother and as a mother as well. Um, but that just know that that isn't, that isn't 100% who you are. I think that, that my biggest recommendation is uh, remember who you are. And if you didn't know who you are where before you were a mom, like figure out who you are now. And that doesn't have to be the same person and just live it and love it. And there's going to be ups and downs and roller coasters and having, uh, anti-stress practices in place are fantastic, but, um, know that these, these episodes will always be here for as long as, you know, Apple Podcasts is around, at least, uh, <laughs> indefinitely. So uh, you can always come back and listen to episodes and things uh, if you need to. How about you? Any suggestions or recommendations? I think that is really well said. And I just want to add to the whole, like, what you just said. The episodes are always going to be here. Resources are always there. And none of these resources that we've pretty much, there's not a single resource on here that's like a, oh, listen once and you can now just do it perfectly type thing. All of this is a constant journey. Perfection is not the goal because perfection is impossible. And so it's just continuing to learn about yourself, continue to love yourself, continue to figure out things that work for yourself and knowing once you feel like you finally are in the swing of things, life is probably going to change and you're just going to have to learn even more about yourself and switch it up anyway. So 
yeah, it's, it's what it is. It's a journey. So, um, keep, keep on trucking, even when it feels hard <laughs> and just know that it's the end. It's so worth it. Just keep your goals in mind. Keep, keep like why you're doing this in mind. So yeah, that's it. And I know we were going to recommend some other podcasts to listen to too. So I'll just go ahead and do that now. Um, if you want some really good parenting podcasts, I love Unruffled by Janet Lansbury. That's great, especially if you have a younger, like a baby to toddler years. She just does Q&A and I mean, they're all great to listen to. And I feel like she's a great one to listen to when you're like at your wit's end and you're like, oh my God. How, how do I find calm again? And her voice is just so calming that it can just be helpful to be like, okay, let's just get back into this. <laughs> um, and then your parenting mojo is another fantastic one. I know I've mentioned that one before too. Um, there's another one. I haven't listened to it in a while. I was just kind of looking at my ones. It's called Zen Parenting Radio. I used to really like that one. I think it was just really long. I think your episodes are like over an hour long. And so that was my stuff but it's a great one too and they're just kind of like a nice feel good they have really good parenting topics on there um in terms of nutrition well-fed women which is uh, by noel tar the one who wrote coconuts and kettlebells and stephanie rupert is her podcast host they're great um in terms of nutrition stuff and i think they do such a great job of balancing out the self-care piece that we've talked about a lot and not just focusing on um just about nutrition and then if you want more mindset stuff, the Life Coach School podcast by Brooke Castillo is really fantastic. It's a really beefy one with like a ton of episodes. It's a little overwhelming. I actually recommend just starting from the beginning um, because otherwise it can be a little confusing. But it's, I mean, fantastic. And then another favorite is Unfuck Your Brain by Carl Lowenthal and that's just a really great, like, no nonsense, no bullshit, like, here's how it goes with your brain type of podcast. So those would be my recommendations. Any other ones? I think that's such a comprehensive list. I love it. I did want to make a note. So I've been listening to the Your Parenting Mojo podcast, and I, I really like the information. And I, I've been particularly choosing her ones on um race and raising kids with this systemic racism and things like that so I've been listening mostly to those she has a bit of a nervous laughter which really bothers me but the information in them is is great and she has some awesome and brilliant guests on there but she's like talking about racism and then she'll say something like that I'm like oh my gosh that's terrible and then she's laughing so I'm assuming it's sort of a nervous laugh and just like a ha ha like and so but just just as a warning that's really funny I haven't listened to those ones yet so I haven't noticed that but I haven't noticed it in her other ones that's funny so, but I did want to say, so for me, I am using podcasts as sort of that, like, find, you know, f focusing on my interests and my passion. So I've been listening, I just started White Lies. It's an NPR, uh, NPR podcast. It's a serial based podcast where they're um, researching some, you know, a, a mur an unsolved murder in 1965 during the civil rights movement. 
And so I would suggest if you have time for podcasts and you're feeling like you're having trouble finding yourself, think about what kind of things you're interested in and search for podcasts for them. I am sure you will find one. And if you don't find one, start one. Um, Maybe not. I mean, it's fun, but it's, you know, it's it's a lot of work too. So, but anyways, so I don't have any other podcast recommendations other than search, search for your hobbies and see what you can find. And, you know, even if your hobbies are like Bravo TV, I know there's probably thousands of Bravo show Real Housewife related podcasts. Not that I'm not into it, but I'm sure there are. So, yeah. Let, ready to get to our questions? All right. So Melissa asks, can you talk about the guilt that I feel over wanting to start a family and be with them over furthering my career? Can you also touch on family expectations? It is hard when I feel the need to keep bringing home accomplishments, but really I just want to enjoy a margarita and take the dogs for a walk. So um, this is such a fantastic question. I feel like there's obviously a ton of layers to it. And I don't feel like we've really gotten into this stuff. So I'm really glad she asked this question. So I happen to know Melissa's situation in that she is um, about to be married and she's thinking about starting a family. So I think this is such a common thing for women now. I feel like one of the unfortunate, unintended downsides to kind of the feminist movement and like the woman empowerment is is women feeling like starting a family and being a mother isn't good enough you know it's like oh I'm not you know being like doing everything I can like and it's almost making it feel that being a mom is not enough and I think that's so unfortunate because I think being a mom is literally one of the, I mean, only women can do it and we need it to continue our race as human beings. Like it is so freaking important. Um, so we, yeah, we, we, it's essential. So I think figuring out where I gotta, I have to pause you a sec because I don't want people to listen and then turn it off. While I agree that, that women are the only ones that carry babies, I know that there are like same sex male couples that Mm -hmm. peep that, that there is somebody in, in the role that are doing that. I know this isn't the question, but I just want to say like, yes, like while we've always referred to it as moms, I always think of the mom as the person that's like primary mental thinker of the, of the family. So, um, I know I totally killed your train of thought, but I just wanted to say like, you know, if you're a, a father, a, you know, listening to this, there's definitely a part of that. But yes, I would agree with the whole feminist movement and how that has sort of almost made it us feel even more guilty to to be moms. Totally. And I'm glad that you corrected me on that because I, yeah, totally. Anyways, that was perfectly said. Great. <laughs> so uh, I won't go anywhere. I love that. So I think figuring out the root of the guilt is so important. Like, what is it that you're feeling guilty about? You know, going through and being like, okay, where is that thing? Is it is it about like feeling like you're not living up to your potential or you're going to be disappointing your family or 
whatever it might be. And that might take like even just figuring that out is probably not about, you know, you might have a few things that instantly come to mind, but it's like, I would free write on that journal on that and do it over a period of time because things are going to come out just being like, what, what is it that, where is that guilt coming from? And then once you can nail down a few, or maybe you have a list of a few, you can start taking it through the limiting belief exercise that I totally did not go back and see what episode number that is, but it is one of our earlier episodes. We will write it down in the show notes and go through that process of like, okay, you know, so let's say it's like, I feel guilty because I will be not living up to my potential if I focus on motherhood. And so it's like, you have that statement that might feel incredibly true, but it's actually a limiting belief. So it's going through that process and turning it around. So I recommend doing that. And then also examining that with why we feel that career is more important than family. Um, For some women, absolutely, like they are gonna value their career and not, not over family, but they're going to choose to like be like, okay, I'm going to stay in the path, you know, in my career, I'm not going to be a stay-at-home mom, and that's what works for them. And for other women, being a stay-at-home mom works beautifully for them. For me personally, I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and then it turned out I did not want to be a stay-at-home mom. And so I just think it's about every, you know, going back and listening to your body. What is it that you want, and allowing that to evolve, and then ultimately, it's what's what's more important, you know, other people's opinions of what you should be doing or your own body's like wants and desires and like what will feel and what will feel fulfilling to you. And ultimately it's up to you to choose that you're an adult and you get to choose whose like opinion you're going to value more your own bodies or somebody else's. So I think working through then what it takes to like, be on a path of that decision. And that just carries right over into the like, I just want to go enjoy a margarita and take the dogs for a walk instead of like furthering my career and, you know, getting more um, diplomas and more certifications and everything like that. It's sometimes we just need a freaking break. <laughs> Melissa's a hard worker. So damn right she wants to go have a margarita and take the dogs for a walk at the end of the day because. Um, she's a physical therapist like Beth and I, and we are in patient care all day long and all day long, we're absorbing people's energies and talking to people and figuring out people's issues. Like it's a very mentally and physically demanding career. So wanting a break and wanting, needing some like built in moments to recharge is natural. And it's your body saying like, Hey, this is what I need to do to rejuvenate. And ultimately it's something you need to do to be good at your job. So if, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't really need to expand on that too much. Beth, do you want to talk some? No, I think, I think that you covered it really well. I think that uh, the last comment that you made, I think is the one that kind of stuck with me the most a little bit. The idea with, I just want to enjoy margarita and take the dogs for the walk. Well, just do that. I'm going to tell you, though, if you have kids, you get pregnant and you're breastfeeding, the margarita might not happen for a while. And the ability to take the dogs for a walk gets a whole lot more difficult when you have kids, too. So so thinking about, um, you know, is it is it that you want to be a mom or that you 
don't enjoy your career or your career is burning you out, I would I would take some time to think about that as well because if you're using motherhood to escape a career, and again, you know, Melissa, I don't. I'm just thinking about other people that might ask this question and I've seen this happen, this, okay, I don't like my job, so I'm going to have kids so I can quit my job and be a stay-at-home mom. And I'm not saying these people didn't want to have kids, but they weren't necessarily prepared for all that comes with it. And if you plan to have children and it's a planned scenario, you have the opportunity to sort of prepare for that. So one of the things I would think about is you, you want to look at what your life what you want your life to look at. And I'm thinking, like, you don't need to make decisions before you have kids of how many kids you're going to have. But if you're going to do something like quitting your job and to have kids and you want and you think that you would want to have multiple kids, you're going to want to think down the road about, well, what kind of home do I live in now? Do we do both of our incomes require that, you know, you know, pay that mortgage or the the rent or those kinds of things and thinking about, okay, am I okay buying a less expensive home to afford to not work while I have kids? Or, you know, what's the balance of that? Running those numbers, I think, ahead of time, and, and I'll be perfectly honest, like, we bought this house on two incomes with one child and we had a second child and, um, we're going to have one year of overlap of of two kids in daycare, and it's going to be a tight year for us. And I had thought about, um, I guess, technically two years of overlap of two kids with in childcare, and I had thought about taking time off, and it was just like, wait a minute, we can't afford to do that right now. And then I decided that really I didn't want to just take off. I just needed to take more breaks. I needed to figure out in my life, okay, how do I fit in the things that make me me that's not just my career and my kids, you know, there's more to me than those two things. Um, and I recently was working on some of my, my hand lettering. I mentioned that I think in the last podcast, that's my, my new hobby. And this older woman, it was at my daughter's dance studio. She was like, Oh, do you do invitations? Are you trying to make money? I'm like, no, it's just a hobby. I'm not good at it. I'm just doing it as a hobby. I have no desire to make money doing this. There is, is okay to do things just to do them. And I think that that's part of things, depending on where you live, like the cost of income and if you know planning to have kids and getting into a good school district, like all of those things, it's just, you know, plus student loans and, oh, I went to school for seven years and I have all these student loans, but I just want to quit my job. And it's a lot. I think that we have to plan a little bit, but also sort of say, okay, sit back, find those limiting beliefs. So see, see why, where is that guilt coming from? Is it guilt coming from that you're torn of because you went to school and now you don't really want to do it? Is it torn because uh, it's family pressure of success and what everybody measures success of? Or is it that you just you know, maybe are undecided or you're feeling a pull one way or the other. And so I would definitely go with Andrea's recommendations on on going back to those limiting beliefs and seeing what those values are as well. And really, you know, go with your gut. And and if you choose what you really want to do, you're going to feel good about it. And 
I would say for me personally, if it's something that you want to do and you feel ready for it, I wouldn't wait. Um, with the like increased amount of infertility, those kinds of things, we, my husband and I decided to start a family earlier than we initially would have because I was planning to get my career all underway and to be at a certain point. And it was just like I was surrounded by people that were struggling with fertility and that had been trying for years to have kids. And we were like, no, we want we want to have a family and we we are financially ready and we can do this. And so if it if it happens tomorrow, great. If it takes a few years, that's okay too. And that's a really good place to be in. Because those first few months, those whatever it ends up, however long it is, it, they're just a lot less stressful. So if you're in a situation, be grateful that you have the ability to make that choice. Because I think that there are uh, plenty of people that that can't that 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 are forced one way or the other. That either aren't able to work because the jobs that they have wouldn't pay for childcare, so they have to stay home, or they can't afford to stay home and they have to work. Um, so so the, uh, I, I think that it's also, um, I, we try to do some daily gratitude in my house and, and thinking about like, you know what? I feel guilty that I'm feeling one way or the other one, but maybe if I think about the gratefulness that I feel of being able to have this decision, may take away the guilt a little bit and just say, hey, I get to make this decision. Let me feel good about making this decision. And then... Um, and then figure out what you really want. Yeah, I love that. And I want to touch on making the, the whole, like making the decision part. And I feel like it's easy to kind of like, and I, I mean, I throw this around all the time. I'm like, okay, let's just decide on this and decide, you know, where it is you want to go and listen into your body. And I would just want to emphasize that that can be like a very, multi-part long process (laughs) and so if you're not used to like listening to your body and listening to your gut and really just doing the things that are following your passion and like what you actually want to do making a decision like okay am I going to be a stay-at-home mom or you know keep working is insanely challenging so it can feel almost impossible and we start getting into like our rational minds and we're just all like logicking it out and all like okay numbers and all that stuff is important however when it comes to really you know doing what our gut wants and what like we want for ourselves it needs to be from like a place from like your heart and your body and that can be really challenging to do if you're not used to listening to it. And so I think one of the best ways to start is coming home and being like, taking a deep breath and being like, what does my body need right now? And if it is that I just need to go for a walk with the dogs and not talk to anybody for, you know, 20 minutes, then it's just like following through on that and starting to gain that trust with your body that when it gives you a message, you're going to listen to it. And you can't listen to a message your body gives you like every time, but whenever you can, it's just following through with that and then being like, okay, how did I feel? And then you can be like, wow, that felt really great when I actually listened to my gut versus the time I came home and it's like, oh, I want to go do this, but there's all this other stuff to do. So, you know, I should actually go do this and this. And then you feel like crappy and burned out afterwards. So just noticing the difference. And so as that process evolves, you get better and better about feeling like you can actually know if your answer is coming from like a true heart place versus a 
place of like, oh, this is what I should be doing, or this is, you know, what the numbers are telling me to do, or this is what, you know, society thinks I should do. So I think, yeah, I think just getting better at listening to yourself. And I think starting by just doing the little things like taking the dogs for a walk or having a margarita or whatever it is that your body wants can be a really, really good place to get used to that. And then also knowing that in terms of wanting to start a family and furthering your career, like it is not a one-time decision because you can stay at home with your kid for a year and then go back to your job. Or you could decide that like you could decide that's what you're going to do. And then be like, actually I'm killing this. That stay at home mom. And I'm going to homeschool my kids and I'm never going back to work. Or you can be like, I'm going to stay home for a year. And then after two months, you're like, fuck this. I'm going back to work. Like it's never a one, a one-time decision. So it can evolve and that's really normal. And so it's like allowing that to happen, I think is part of the process. Awesome. So we had one more question and I know we're getting short on time, but I think it might be a pretty quick answer. Um, So the question is from Katie, my son needs to gain weight over the summer. What would an ideal plate for him look like? He's 10, not a picky eater. So if it's okay, I'd love to start with this. My first question would be, why does he need to gain weight? Um, Who's telling you that he needs to gain weight? And kind of looking into that. And because I feel like doctors, pediatricians focus on this whole weight thing a little too much. And if this is a kid that you're like forcing to eat more food than to to eat more now, I feel like he's going to have issues with weight ongoing. So that is my, that is my first question. But let's say that there is a true real reason that he needs to gain weight, or maybe your household, look at what your household is eating. And like, is he, is he like really hungry all the time? Is he snacking a lot? Um, is he really active? Maybe, maybe there, he's just not eating enough. So if you're looking at like an ideal plate for him, I mean, I, you know, I always look at like, okay, we want, we want protein, whatever that protein, you know, protein of the day is veggies, multiple choices. And I would add fat to the veggies, whether it's olive oil or butter or, you know, sprinkling. So I'm thinking like that green beans, almondine, like almonds on top, something like that. And then kids those age two also needs a, quite a bit of carbs as well. So, um, you know, whereas the community that we both of us kind of came from is not that carbs are bad, but carbs are important, but kids really need those like glucose things so while you might not always want to have a big side of pasta letting him eat you know those pastas and rices and things like that can be good for him and and I would really allow him to focus on you know if he wants seconds make sure he has them or maybe he's Maybe you're not filling his plate quite enough and once he's finished it he's sort of done and off and moving Um, Or maybe he's a kid that's so active that he doesn't sit still enough to eat a meal and you might need to do more kind of like eating on the go and if he'll eat hard-boiled eggs, those kind of things. Getting, I would really focus on, on enough fat and and carbs and I feel like if you're listening to this podcast you're probably nutrition conscious so kind of thinking about throwing that out the window a little bit and you know if he's asking for a treat it's okay for him to have a treat and 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 really just not being restrictive yeah I loved the first thing that you said is why does he really need to gain weight 
Um, I think really focusing on that because I think there's probably pretty few times where there's actually like a legit reason if he is a good eater and he is eating enough and he's just super active, he just might be skinny. Like a lot of kids are just like bean poles at that age because they're growing and they're burning off a lot of calories. So as long as you know he's getting enough food, I think that's really important. And I think emphasizing, I think Beth and I might say something a little contradictory here. So just kind of go with what works for your family in this case. I actually think emphasizing like more sit down meals and like eating full meals. Cause sometimes what happens when kids are eating on the go and, and not that you, I, please, I have my kid eat on the go all the time. So it's like, sometimes it's going to happen. It's like, you're off to soccer practice. You're off to camp, like whatever you got to do what you got to do, get some food in him. But like trying as often as possible to have those sit down meals so he can actually have time to like eat a full meal all at once. Cause sometimes when kids are just eating on the go all day long, or it's like each meal is kind of this quick meal, they're grazing. And so calorie, calorie wise, they're actually getting in less calories than if they just like sat down and ate, but they might kind of feel like, okay, full all day long. So, you know, they might not be complaining they're hungry or they might be like, oh, I'm fine. I don't need food. I'd rather go play outside or play with my friends or play whatever, because they're not really hungry because there's enough food in their stomach. But really, if they sat down, they would have eaten like three times as much. Um, so I just want to say that can sometimes be a, a big thing if you guys are finding yourself eating on the go a ton versus right now, if you are eating like very, you know, strict meal sitting down and you're not allowing for snacks, then um, I would pull in that, like, just throw in more snacks in there. And then for carbs, too, I also wanted to say, like, things like the sweet potatoes, squashes, and those, you know, more, like, nutrient-rich veggies, potatoes, and, like, also putting fat on those on top of your other vegetables that you have can be great. Fat is great. Um, coconut oil is another great one because it's going to add a lot of um, calories without really adding a whole you know, ton of any, like it's not taking up any extra room in his stomach. And then just allowing his body to not eat when it's not hungry. You know, it's like, if he's saying I'm full, don't try to, you know, force more food down because it's going to create more issues. And that can actually lead to obesity and a lot of eating issues later on in life. So just trusting that as long as you're providing the opportunity for nutritious meals, that his body is getting what it needs. And, um, and yeah, and if you need more help with that or more specific things, then you can definitely reach out to one of us and we can definitely talk you through that with knowing more information. Awesome. And I, I love that you made the comment about like, yeah, maybe you should be sitting down. I think I forget at 10, like, oh, we might have hundreds of activities and maybe we're rushing, rushing to get dinner down between school and baseball or whatever it ends up being um, that, yeah, maybe, maybe he's a slower eater and just doesn't have enough time to eat based on the amount of time that's given. And I also think uh, I've heard school lunches can be really short. So thinking about uh, really like nutrient dense, quicker things. And again, I feel like you can get a lot in, you know, like a <laughs> uh, not that he's you're going to send him like liver sandwiches to school. But I'm like, like getting some nice, like dense cheese to have him eat at school because it's a quicker thing to eat than maybe, I don't I mean, I don't know if I'd send a salad with a 10 year old, but like some things take a lot longer to eat. So think about when you're making a plate, if he's a slower eater and maybe not finishing in the time that you have, you know, maybe you need to get up earlier to eat more breakfast and 
save more time or maybe do less activities to to get some more eating done. Again, there's not as... uh, some of that background information, I, I'd want to know like, okay, well, why? What's going on? So, um, but hopefully that's some tips for those of you that are looking and curious that they have, you have kids that you think need to gain weight or, or doctors have expressed concerns about this. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today and the past year and a half. You can find me, Beth, at Feats of Real Eats, and my co-host, Andrea, at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.